Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries of First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org. Amen indeed. What a joy to be in worship together. And it is always a joy and a privilege to bring the word of God to the people of God. So hear now these words from Genesis. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. He reached a certain place and spent the night there. When the sun had set, he took one of the stones at that place and put it near his head. Then he lay down there. He dreamed and saw a raised staircase, its foundation on earth and its top touching the sky. And God's messengers were ascending and descending on it. Suddenly the Lord was standing on it and saying, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will become like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west, east, north, and south. Every family of earth will be blessed because of you and your descendants. I am with you now. I will protect you everywhere you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done everything that I promised you. When Jacob woke from his sleep, he thought to himself, The Lord is definitely in this place, but I didn't know it. He was terrified and thought, This sacred place is awesome. It's none other than God's house and the entrance to heaven. After Jacob got up early in the morning, he took the stone that he had put near his head, set it up as a sacred pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He named that sacred place Bethel, though Luz was the city's original name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Where are you from? This is the question that I am getting asked most often right now. And honestly, I don't know how to answer this question. I don't know if what people want to know is where I was born, or where I graduated high school, or where I came from most recently, which are all different answers. But I have thought about it, and really all the places that I'm from have shaped me in some significant way, just like all the places that you are from have probably shaped you as well. But thinking about that significance, I think time is a factor. How long was I in a location? Because the longer I was there, it seems to have had more influence on me. So I'm going to answer that question for you, but I'm going to answer it by telling you everywhere I have lived in order from shortest length of time to longest length of time. So here we go. I lived in France for six weeks, Little Rock, four months, Conway, one year and two months, and that's where I have come from most recently. Hot Springs Village, one and a half years. Fort Smith, two years. West Memphis, three years. Perkins, Oklahoma, five years. The Benton Bryant area, five years, and that's where I graduated high school. I graduated from Benton High School, not Bentonville. We know the difference, right? Benton High School. Um, And then I lived in Stillwater, Oklahoma for eight years, and that's where I was born. I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for nine years. And then holding the record for longest length of time and most influential in my life, Northwest Arkansas, 12 years. (laughs) 
That's right, I have come home. There is no other place that has shaped me more significantly than this part of the world. And how has it shaped me? I have two degrees from the University of Arkansas. I met the man that I was married to for 25 years here in this part of the world. My son was actually born in Bentonville at the old Bates Hospital. That's right. Um, my first job was at Store One for Walmart in Rogers. I worked for Walmart Vacations. If you didn't know Walmart owned a travel agency in the 1990s, now you know, and I was part of that. My second job out of college was also in this part of the world. I worked for the University of Arkansas as the study abroad advisor in the Office of Study Abroad. But also very significantly, I was baptized in this part of the world. My son was baptized in this part of the world. And I got my call to ministry in Northwest Arkansas. So it is safe to say that I would not be the person that is before you now if it weren't for this place. This place has shaped me into who I am. And who am I? Well, primarily, I am a Methodist pastor. Now, thinking about an image that would capture what it means to be a Methodist pastor, I had to come up with one particular image. Um, and that image is, is with us. Um, it is a box um, that has all of the places. See, look, you can see... At the very least, there are uh, four or five different... You can tell what we carried in that box, right? It has is, it is borne many parts of our life. And I think that box has been with us since, uh, since we moved from Texas. And boxes to Methodist pastors are like gold, right? We hold on to those as long as we can until they absolutely fall apart. Those are part of our lives. But that is also part of who we are, Right? We are the people whose pastors get moved around. That is who we are as Methodists. Now, why do we do that? You've probably been asked that question. Why do you all move your pastors so often? Well, part of it's out of our history. We had circuit riders who went from town to town and offered the sacraments to people. And while they were in another town, the people of the church kept the church going. And that actually points to why I love the itinerancy. Itinerancy is the word we use for that moving around of our pastors. And why I love it is because it means that the church is never about the pastor. The pastor is the most temporary piece of the church. But that means that, that it is your church. It is the church of the people of God. And you are empowered to lead it and help cast a vision for it and move it in the community in which you live. And I love that about Methodism, that what pastors do are equip you and empower you to do the work of Jesus Christ in the world. The other thing that I love about the itinerancy is that your pastors get to act as a sign for what you all do in your life of faith. When we move, when we say, I will bend to the will of God... We represent to you for the world what you do when you make sacrifices, when you give of your time and your life to serve Jesus Christ. It's a public moment for us to say, we will do this for God. And we get to represent that for you. So here we are as a people who live a life for God. 
Now, I know some of you have lived your entire life in this part of the world, and you probably think submitting yourself to a life in which seven or eight people gather in a room and pray and then tell you where you're going to live every year is a pretty crazy thing to do. And now that I put it that way, it is pretty crazy, right? But I know that some of you have done exactly what I do. You have been told by your employer, you're going to move. And you have moved. And for many of you, that has brought you right here. Now, in those moments of times of change and transition, I think it's natural for us always to ask, is this God's will or not? And that turns us to our scripture today. And I want us to reclaim something else that is important to who we are as Methodists. We as Methodists believe that God, a loving God, gave us free will to choose. The freedom to choose, something we can celebrate today, right? God gave us that free will to choose from the very beginning. And we see that in Adam and Eve. And they chose not God. And, in fact, the Bible is full of stories and moments where people have chosen not God. And in the midst of that, God continues to show up, and God's infinitely creative grace continues to try and move us back to that place of life and love and hope and calling us home to that place, no matter what decisions we make. So when we think about Jacob's story here, if we think about the story right before this, Rebecca has convinced Jacob to pull a trick on his father to steal the blessing from his brother. That is is lying and cheating and being duplicitous, and that does not feel like God. God's will may have been to bless the nations through this family, but maybe not that way. Maybe Rebecca took things in her, in her own way and ran with it. And so that's caused division in the family. It's caused struggle and strife. And even in that space, God has shown up and promised to Jacob, look, things look weird now, but I am with you. I will be with you. And I will deliver the world out of this family. So when, when we make those twists and turns, God promises to be present, and God's infinitely creative grace continues to work God's will in the midst of that. Now let's think about our realities. Y'all have had some challenges the past few years. Lots of different things have come your way. And I am so grateful to the people of this church, to its leadership, for the bold decisions that you have made, for the ways that you have lived bravely for Jesus Christ in the midst of some challenging things. But they've still been challenges and twists and turns that you've had to endure. And then Pastor JJ, who was here for a year, did phenomenal things with you all, provided incredible leadership, but faced her own family's twists and turns and trials and tribulations. And that's caused her to need to step back and reflect. And so we're in prayer for her family as they do that. And some of you know some of my story, and you know I haven't had the best three years leading up into this either. I've had a few challenges come my way as well. 
And then we as a world went through 18 months of trials and tribulations and challenges. Those places of struggle, those places of hurt, those are not of God. Those are the reality of being in a broken world. A world where things don't always work out the way we expect them to work out. But always, 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 for the people of God, God shows up. God brings us promises of hope, of life, and God provides God's love in the midst of it. says, I will not abandon you. I will be with you through all of it. And I will continue to work creatively to bring you to life. God does the most beautiful things in the strangest places. So, when we return to this question, is this God's will? Well, for me, I feel the presence of God here, now. I feel God's love in this moment. I know we are called to be community. I know that. And God has brought me home. Home. Praise the Lord. And I will give back. This is what I will promise to you. In all the ways that this place has shaped me, I will give back that and more. I will serve God and you as fully as I possibly can in the time that we have together. And no matter what twists and turns we go through, we will go through them together. And we will go through them with God. And we will stand on the promise that we will be a blessing to this world. And we will be blessed by our Lord. We have that hope. We know God's love. We know God's presence. Now, what I cannot promise you is how long I will be here. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, this does feel like the will of God. This feels like a powerful moment of faith. And we feel God's presence. And so I feel bold enough to take a big step. Bold enough to take an act of faith. Bold enough to make a leap of faith even. So my friends, here's what I'm doing. I am giving away all my boxes. <laughs> Thanks once again for joining us on The Gathering Podcast. Grace and peace, y'all.